been dealing with me for uh, several weeks now, and uh, I've been praying for <clears throat> wisdom. I've been praying for wisdom, and uh, something that we should all pray for and uh, ask God to give you wisdom in all that you say and do and uh, everything that takes place in your life. Amen. Praise God. I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1. you'd stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. Just going to read one verse of scripture from the book of James. James chapter 1 and verse 2. It says this in the King James Version, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers or different or various temptations or trials. And everyone said amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you for the word of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 It means so be it. Amen. I, uh, I have for the past three years been the global missions director for the Indiana District, and we have in the United Pentecostal Church, 160 churches. And so I have the opportunity to speak to these pastors and ask them if they will schedule a missionary to come to their church or to um, take a missionary as a partner or offer some support. And um, oftentimes I become a sounding board or someone who uh, has an ear to listen to situations that go on. And so someone called me and they were voicing a complaint, not against me or anyone in the district here. It was something that happened quite a distance from here. And uh, so they, they had quite a complaint. Uh, they, uh, things were not well and they were not being used and, and, uh, it just went on and on and on. And so finally after the conversation, or it wasn't really a conversation, after the monologue kind of slowed down, I, I had a question. I, I asked them, because I hadn't said anything up to this point, I said, I, I hear what you're saying, but I have to ask you a question. Have you, let me ask you this, have you written to headquarters or have you called anybody at headquarters complaining about this situation and they said no and I said no that's very good I'm glad you haven't I said because let's look at it this way that perhaps that God has allowed this circumstance he didn't initiate it but he has allowed this circumstance to happen in your life to cause you to grow I, I've looked back over my life and and that's why I've been praying, Lord, give me wisdom and all the decisions I've made. You know, the, uh, Brother Nolan said we came here almost going on 10 years ago. 
And as the pastor, you elected me as your pastor. And um, I have determined to try to do everything that I can to preserve and make this church go forward. I can stand before the Lord and say that I have never, as long as I've been pastor here, tried to do anything to hurt anyone or to cause harm in any way, not verbally, not emotionally. And uh, I can't say that all my decisions have been good. Uh, I'm human and I'm fallible. Uh, Some decisions I look back now, I wish I hadn't made that decision and I wish I had made a different decision. But you understand the the situation and the leadership responsibility uh, that has rested upon me. But I, I want to do good. I want to make God's kingdom grow. I want people to grow. That's why I suggested to the young people here that you should go to Bible school. Allow God's spirit to speak to your heart. And, and as uh, all the situations and the circumstances that have happened in my life and, uh, and happened since I've been here as pastor, I've, sometimes I've had my feelings hurt and maybe uh, I've gotten offended and, and things have happened that I uh, have complained to God about and said, God, uh, this, this is not right. I didn't do anything wrong and I didn't say anything or I didn't, uh, I, I didn't, do, I didn't initiate anything to make something bad happen or those people to act the way they acted. And, and uh, I, I've, perhaps I looked at it wrong. And so as I've been praying for wisdom, this scripture keeps coming back in, into my mind over and over and over again. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials or temptations or circumstances that you really not, don't have any control over. And the reason I say this and and preaching or speaking to your heart today is I, I believe that God wants us to realize everything that comes our way we can use it uh, and we can call and say, this happened to me and it's bad. And, it, and we can become bitter about it. We can become angry. We can become hateful. Or we can say, God, it was a circumstance. It was a situation. It was an attitude. It was uh, something that was beyond my control. I was thrust into something that I did not want to do, I didn't want to be a part of, but here I I find myself, and uh, and I'm in these circumstances, and I can become angry, I can become hateful, I can become bitter, or or I can count it joy and say, God, I want to grow because this is an opportunity that you've given to me that I can become greater, I can become better, I can become more profitable for you, I can become more effective for the kingdom of God, I can allow God's spirit to speak to my heart. Uh, I can do more for God. You see, I I know that uh, my time is short. My time is coming to the end of the three, uh, four score and ten. And I want to be effective in what I'm doing now. I don't want to just mark time. I I don't just want to live in my life and say, Well, there was another day, but I want my days to be effective. I want my days to be productive. If all I can do is just move forward one step, that's the step I want to take. And I'm telling you today that whatever is going on in your life, God has a plan and he wants to use that plan. He wants to make you great. He wants to cause you to do great things. 
they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits for the kingdom of God. Now, I got to reading in the book of Acts chapter 13 and the Apostle Paul, he seems to be a very zealous person. He's a type A personality, I I would uh, uh, assess him as. And uh, he sets off, he and Barnabas, they set off on a missionary journey and Barnabas invites. Perhaps Paul didn't initiate the invitation. Perhaps it was Barnabas that invited John Mark to go along. And They go to the island of Cyprus first and they accomplished a, a great work there. And they go to what today we call Turkey, which is Asia Minor and several other provinces in the Roman Empire there. And Paul lands and uh, Barnabas is with him and John Mark is there. But the way seems difficult and John Mark, he abandons the mission. He turns back. He was a, as in Paul's eyes, he became a failure. He did not stick it out. He was not strong. He became weak. He was the weak link. And they had to pick up the slack where John Mark didn't do what he was supposed to do. And we see he went back home. He went back to Jerusalem. He couldn't handle it. He couldn't cut it. He didn't make the grade. And and we see that John, uh, Paul and Barnabas, uh, they continue on with the mission and then they go back and give a, uh, an account of what they've been doing. And then Paul says to Barnabas, I want to go back and I want to see the churches that we established and where we preached and where the miracles happened and how people were baptized and people were filled with the Holy Ghost. I, I want to go back and encourage those people. Uh, I want to encourage the saints of God. And, and uh, Barnabas was on board and he said, I'm going to give uh, send a letter to John Mark and invite him uh, to come along. And Paul said, there's no way. John Mark cannot come. The Bible says that the contention was so strong that Paul and Barnabas went their separate ways. You, you, you look at these individuals and these characters in the scripture and you, you, you put them on a high pedestal and you, they are holy and they, they didn't do anything wrong and they didn't do, um, you know, this. And I want you to know if you're a human being and you have two eyes and two ears and a brain and, and you live in this life, you are going to fail sometime. There is going to be a failure in your life and there's going to be a circumstance where you don't always shine and you're not successful and you've fallen short. But we serve a mighty God, a powerful God, a great God. He will reach down into whatever sin, whatever pit, whatever area that you find yourself and he'll pull you out. Scripture says that the contention was so strong that Barnabas went his way and Paul went his way and took another disciple named Silas and they went to the churches. You know, was it that strong? Was it that important? I don't know all the details and, and why John Mark left. Uh, 
I don't know why he failed. And I don't know why if maybe there was sin. It, uh, the scripture, I looked at it closely. It doesn't imply that. Uh, but we don't, uh, the writer Luke, he decides that he's not going to give all the details. He just says there was a problem and John Mark left. Uh, and uh, there was a contention between Barnabas and Paul. And there was a separation. Uh, I looked at that separation. And the Bible says that Barnabas and, and, and chose John Mark. And they went to Cyprus. And Paul and Silas went another direction. The work of God was still going forward even though there was a contention in the human beings that God had decided to use to spread the gospel. I'm just asking you today, has God allowed an opportunity for you to shine Maybe you're going through a trial that seems extreme. Maybe you're going through something that you can't get a grasp on. Maybe in your mind you were maligned and you were lied about and you were, you were talked about and you were gossiped. You became the focus and the, and the focal point of everyone's view. And, and they didn't really, they shunned you in church or they shunned you in circles outside of church. And perhaps you're feeling isolated. I'm here to tell you this morning that God wants to do great things in your life. Don't start looking down. You need to start looking up. Lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. It's when you look up, that's when you can see God. When you look up, that's when you can see power. When you look up, that's when you can can see grace. The cross didn't happen on the ground. The cross happened in the air. And when you look at the cross of Jesus Christ, you see salvation. You see hope. You see deliverance for mankind and for yourself. Uh, I don't know how many days I've wasted thinking about my problems and trials. How many days have you wasted thinking about your problems and trials? How many days have we wasted thinking about who did and what and said what and how what happened and what didn't happen and what should have happened and what could have happened and and uh, you start pointing fingers and we start wasting hours and days and weeks and months and years of our life. Uh, you should look around. Don't waste too much time because time, it can't be replicated. It, it can't be reproduced. It doesn't grow if you just plant some more time. No, you only have so much time. It's given to you 24 hours a day at a time. You better take advantage of it while you've got it. Stop thinking of the past. Stop thinking of what somebody did to you. Stop thinking of what's happened to you. Count it all joy if you've got your right mind, if you've got health in your body, if you've got strength in your life, that you can go forward another day. I'm not going to sit around and have pity parties and say, well, woe is me. Look at what happened to me. I'm going to grab myself by the back of the neck and say, get up and get going forward. Hallelujah. It's time we start moving northward. As the Lord said to Moses, you 
tell the nation of Israel they've been circling around this mountain long enough and some of you have been circling the mountain long enough you've been having pity parties and, and woe is me and I'm down and out and you don't know what I've done and you don't know what I've wasted I'm telling you that the, that, that the world has, is full of 7 billion plus people and if there's no one that has done something that somebody else hasn't done we live in a world of sin you're not the only one that's going through it you're not the only one that's struggling you're not the only one you know sometimes we we get the 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 elijah syndrome you know he looked at the lord and he said lord i'm the only one he's sitting under the juniper tree and saying lord i'm the only one that's been faithful i'm the only one that served you oh woe is me and jezebel's chasing me down and i don't know what i'm going to do yet. And the Lord said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Elijah. Time out. Time out. He said, I just want you to know for the record, Elijah, that I have 7,000 people that have never bowed their knee to Baal, that have never lifted up their hand to the sun God. I can't say that they're like you, Elijah. But they still haven't bowed and they still haven't worshipped anyone except the one true living God. I'm telling you, you might be going through something. You're not the only one that's ever gone through that. You lift up your head because Jesus Christ is still on the throne. He's always been on the throne. He's always going to be on the throne. We need to focus our sights on Jesus Christ. So, what I'm really telling you is count the cost. Is it excessive? What's excessive? It's excessive and a waste of your resources to sit around in your house thinking... I'm not going to call that person. I'm not going to associate with them. I, I'm not going to church because somebody offended me. Someone said to me one time, I'm not going to go to church because so and so. And I said, well, I don't know. I'm, can I ask you a question before you leave and you tell me and you, and you give me your church key and all that? And I said, yeah, say on, preacher. And I said, okay, I have just one question. I want to know, has Jesus ever done you anything wrong? Just, just ask him. Has he ever done anything bad to you? Has he, ever, has he ever talked bad about you? And they said, well, no, that's, a, that's a, not, not, not even a, a right, proper question, Pastor. And I said, I just want to know what you're coming to church for anyhow. I, I just, are we here to look at one another? I understand about fellowship, and I understand togetherness yourselves together the more often. But the primary reason why I come to church is to lift up the name of Jesus. The primary reason I come to church is to exalt the King of Kings. The primary reason I come to church is to draw closer to Him. And I know when I draw closer to Him, the world gets out of my life. Amen. Hallelujah. So... I looked at a verse of scripture in 2 Timothy, if you'd like to turn your Bibles there with me. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Amen. 
it seems that the Apostle Paul had a change of heart. Life has a way of doing that to you. When you're all full of yourself, when you're all riding high, life has a way of God sees to it that he'll bring you down. I'm the Apostle Paul. I don't want to put words in Paul's mouth, but I know he's a human being. I know what's right and what's wrong, and John Mark should not have left. He's gone. Right? Isn't that what some of us have said before? Well, thank you for that no way, man. Isn't that what some of us have said before? They're not worth anything. I'm, not, I'm tired of messing with them. How much more do I have to invest in them? Paul says here in the 11th verse of the 4th chapter of the second book of Timothy, this epistle letter that he wrote to Timothy. He's talking, he says to Timothy, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Something happened. Something took place. There was a change that took place. I know this is just this little homily I'm putting together here this this morning, this afternoon. It seems so simple, but it's really profound if you can grasp this. Sometimes I've seen people that go all of their life and not, won't ever say, I'm sorry. Won't ever, ever say, would, would you forgive me? That's even a more powerful word than saying, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And here Paul says, to, for all the world to see, all of posterity, because we're reading it now. It's not just something he said in private, but it's something that he put in a letter that is now in the Bible, and the Lord has seen fit for us to read it here today in 2021. And Paul says to Timothy, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him as well. You see, something happened. Something happened in his life. Something happened in his mind. He had, he had forgotten or he had decided to forget what happened on that day. Whatever happened on that day when John Mark said, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm, not, I'm tired of this. This is not what I signed up for. Or whatever happened, I don't know all the details. But we can read between the lines because we're just as human as John Mark and as Paul the, prof, the, the apostle. But something happened in, in Paul's life. You see, he had now been in, in jail, in prison a couple of times. He had been beaten several times. He had been shipwrecked. And there are a lot of things that happened to him. He had had to run for his life. At one point, uh, he was taken outside the city. He, uh, just the day before, he had prayed for somebody and they'd been healed, miraculously healed. He went back into the city and they were going to sacrifice. And he said, wait, wait, wait. I'm not a god. I'm not Jupiter. And this is not Hermes. I'm just a man like you all. And, 
and something happens. They, they turned on a dime and they drug him outside of the city and they stoned him and left him for dead. That's the change that took place in the Apostle Paul's life. The Bible says that the disciples, those new babes in Christ, those that had just been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, they were standing around looking at the, the, the man that, that had preached to them and they were considering him to be dead and they're looking at one another. What do we do now? And the Bible says that Paul rose up. I believe that he wrote about this. He said, I knew a man one time. He went to the third heaven, but he came back. I believe that the apostle Paul had left and God was taking him but allowed him to go back because he had a ministry for him to complete and, and Paul dusted himself off. He didn't go back inside the city. He was a Roman citizen. He didn't charge them. He didn't get his legal team together. The Bible says he went back inside the city and encouraged the disciples and then went to the next city and continued to preach the gospel. You see, life has a, has a way of a, of of tempering you, of causing you to change the way you think. And how you're so hard and so rigid and so this is the way it has to be. Paul says, well, I'm not all by myself. I do have Luke. Uh, he's, he's with me. But I've also sent word for that young man named John Mark. We're letting all the past, that's the past. Amen. I drove on to a, a church lot one day. And I saw a big pile of stones. Stones that I could wrap my hand around. Big, big giant stones. The kind of stones, if you threw at somebody, it would do some severe damage. Just one stone, large stones, big pile of stones. And at the top of that pile of stones was a sign. And on that sign it read, He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Sister Carmel, I stopped my car. I looked at that sign and I looked at that pile of stones. They were stones like any other stones I've ever seen. But those were special because they had that sign on there. He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. I, I, I'll have to admit, I, I sat there for a long time just looking at that sign and looking at that pile of stones thinking <laughs> that's a real visual of what Jesus told us when the woman was there taken in the very act of adultery uh, the, those individuals that, are, that captured her or got her they had to be a little nefarious themselves let's just let me say it like that that's all I'm going to say uh, to catch her in the very act of adultery I, I've always wanted to ask this question to those guys. I say guys. is because they had the woman, but where was the man? Or other woman? I just want to know that. 
Why? I, 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 I have to admit, I think it was, another, it was a man, not another woman. And I, because they, they said in the very act of adultery, but the man is not there, but they have the woman. So, but that's another subject for a different day. And, and Jesus doesn't respond to them. He doesn't argue with them. He doesn't get into discussion. He doesn't start talking and quoting scriptures and giving angles. The Bible says he just bends down and starts writing in the dirt on the ground. Most likely he was writing Aramaic because that's the language that he grew up and that's the language that they were speaking. And he's writing on the ground. We don't even know what he wrote. We do know that the Bible says with the finger of God that God's finger wrote on the tables of stone. And we know that God's finger bent down in that dirt and started writing on whatever he wrote in that dirt. We know what he wrote the first time. We don't know what he wrote the second time. But the Bible says when he looked up, when he looked up, the Bible says they were all gone because they'd, they'd left from the youngest to the elders. And when he looked up, there was no one but the woman there. And he said, where, woman, where are your accusers? Where are those individuals that said, you're an adulteress? She just shrugged her shoulders. I don't know. They left. He said, neither do I accuse you. I'm not here to. You already know you're a sinner. You already know. I'm not here to pound you down. You know what he said? Ends up his discussion with this woman. He said, go and don't do it anymore. Amen. You know what? Someone called me up and said, Pastor, I've had a bad attitude. I, I said some things to you and I, I shouldn't have said. And I, I said, I listened. They said, will you forgive me? And I said, I forgive you. They said, you forgive me? And I said, I just said it, didn't I? <laughs> I, for, I forgive you. I don't know what more else I could say. You know, I, I forgive you. And I said, you know what, brother? Let's just forget it ever happened. I won't mention it again. You don't mention it again. And we'll go forward in Jesus' name. Amen? I'm not going to talk to my wife about it. I'm not going to talk to my kids about it. I'm not going to talk to the elders in the church about it. I'm not going to talk to the church body about it. I'm not going to talk to my father about it. I'm not going to talk to, to anybody about it. This is between you and I, and I forgive you, so let's go forward in Jesus' name. I want to have church. I want to see God's power move. I want to feel the Holy Ghost in my life. I can't feel God. I can't experience His power if I, my mind is all clogged up and full of who's this and who did this uh, you know what uh, let's all join hands together uh, let's ask Jesus to forgive us uh, let's have the blood applied to our life uh, afresh and renewed uh, and let's go forward in Jesus Christ in his name amen I like this great opportunity that Paul saw and he seized only Luke is with me take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable. I don't know if Paul said anything, but I'm, he must have thought some things about John Mark. But now he says publicly for all to read, he is profitable to me. Not to the ministry, not to the church, not to God. He's profitable to me. That shows me that something had taken place deep in the heart of Paul. 
and he now is counting on all joy. The circumstance that happened, uh, I realized that God was working in my life. Uh, I realized that God was trying to change me. Uh, God had knocked on my heart's door, and in my pride, I couldn't hear. I couldn't see. Uh, I couldn't realize, but uh, he had to allow that, that to happen to me. Uh, now I can hear, uh, and now I can see. Uh, I pray for wisdom to hear and to see uh, and to know what God is doing. Uh, that's what I'm praying, God. Uh, I don't want to have to go through things unduly. Uh, I, that was without need I want to hear your voice and when the things come to my life I want to make the decision I'm going to grow by this I'm not going to, I'm not going to be full of bitterness and anger and lose out with God because of something happened and Paul changed his mind evidently Paul had had a visitation with the Lord that's why I had these young people stand and testify they're not without uh, um, blemish. They're not without a mark. Uh, they're not without uh, 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 something that's gone on and that has gone on in their life. Everybody has a mark. Uh, but you know what? Uh, when you get in the presence of the Lord, uh, the blood of Jesus, uh, somebody say the blood of Jesus. Uh, you need to plead the blood. Uh, hallelujah. You need to plead the blood. Uh, I want to talk to you today about the blood of Jesus. Uh, you need to plead the blood of Jesus uh, that flowed down the cross of Calvary, uh, that went down in the dirt. Uh, of the earth uh, hallelujah every drop that fell uh, from his body uh, every mark that was laid upon his back uh, the crown of thorns that was pressed down upon his head uh, I look to the blood of Jesus uh, I call upon his name right now uh, hallelujah call upon his name would somebody call upon his name that name is powerful as righteous as holy as true hallelujah I considered a great opportunity to serve the Lord. I'm still in awe. I say this for myself and not for anyone else. I'm still in awe that I have the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm still in awe. I can still point to the place. Uh, the building's gone. That building's gone. That building on South 8th Street is gone, Brother Harold. It's gone. They tore it down. They sold it to... Uh, a company that makes dumpsters. But I can, if there's not a dumpster in the way, I can go to the general area. I, I, I know kind of within the GPS location, I know where the pulpit was. And I remember uh, I, I was on the right side. If you're looking from the, the audience, I was on the right side of the pulpit uh, I almost know the spot. I remember crying tears there. I remember being as a boy, having my hands raised in the air. I remember uh, all the, the people that were around me encouraging me, uh, holding my hands up. I'd been there praying for a little bit. Uh, you know, when you first go to the altar, especially as a boy, sometimes you're not that serious. Uh, but something got a hold of me. Everybody else had stopped praying. Everybody else had went back to the seat. But those were the, these were the days, uh, if you were there with to pray. I remember my grandmother, my mother would say, my grandmother would pray if people stayed at midnight, she'd be there. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Uh, I remember the, my, my mother telling me the story about the night she received the Holy Ghost. I guess my grandmother had been praying with my mother's friend and she got the Holy Ghost the night before and she cried and said, why don't you pray with me? And my grandmother looked at her and said, if you'll be serious and pray, I'll pray with you. But if you're going to go down to the altar and play around, I'm not going to pray with you. Amen. 
And so my mother, all through the service that night, she said, I was serious. I worshiped hard. I lifted my hands. And as soon as she said, I couldn't tell you what was preached. But as soon as the preacher said, everybody that wants to pray, come forward. She said, I went down to the altar and I prayed. I threw my hands in the air and I, almost immediately tears started flowing. I started praying and, and my, I could hear my, she said, I could hear my mother's voice as she was praying. She said, I started speaking in a heavenly language. I started speaking in an unknown tongue. That's what happened to me that day down there 1214 South 8th Street that's what I'm in awe of receiving the power of the Holy Ghost one thing I don't want to lose is that awe when you lose the awe of receiving the Holy Ghost you're just going through the motions you're just you're just a, a body without the soul of spirit there anymore hallelujah I'm preaching to someone, you're going through something difficult. This has been on my heart, and you're going through someone, uh, I know everybody here, and uh, I don't, I'm a private person, I don't pry in people's life, I don't ask details, unless you tell me, I really don't get involved, but you know, I, I, I have, sometimes I have a gist of what's going on in your life, and sometimes the Lord actually tells me, amen, it's not suspicion, but uh, I, just believe, I just feel so strongly that somebody, maybe a mo- uh, many people are going through something today. And maybe you're on the edge, you're wavering there. You're not sure the bitterness has become so overwhelming that you can't hear the voice of the Lord. You can't feel His presence. Uh, you can't experience His anointing and the refreshing and the freedom that they sang about. All those songs that they sang here in our worship service today. Uh, I want you to know that freedom in Jesus Christ, He whom the Son has set free is free indeed and if you've been carrying around a load of baggage a baggage of unforgiveness a baggage of bitterness a baggage of you're angry at what happened to you what didn't happen to you what someone said or didn't say I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ can remove that baggage he can set you free it's not that it didn't happen yes it happened I'm here to tell you that he can take the sting out of it he can take the bitterness out of it and God will make you free again. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I look at, I think, and I'm coming to a close, I think of Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we often refer to Abraham and we often refer to Jacob, but we don't talk about Isaac very much. But I I look at the wells that Isaac dug. The Bible says he dug a well and the Philistines came and took it. And then he said, okay, let's just move down the road a little bit. The Bible says he dug another well and they came and took it. And he said, okay, well, let's just move over here a little bit. And he dug another well. He just kept moving. And finally, God gave him peace. (laughs) He called that final well Beersheba. To this day, there's a well there that was dug by this man, Isaac. He said, I'm going to be a peacemaker. I'm just going to, 
I, I understand that that's the well that my father's dug those wells and they all got stopped up, uh, but I'm going to dig a well. The Bible says that in the last chapter, the 26th, the last verse of the 26th chapter of the book of Genesis, uh, that they called to Isaac. Uh, and his servants and all the, the people that worked for him said, we found water. We struck water. And it's bubbling up. It's gushing up. We found a spring. There is a well there today because of a man who said, I'm not going to get bitter. I'm just going to get better. I'm going to keep moving forward. Amen. I'm going to keep growing in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's a great opportunity. Count it all joy, the writer James said. Count it all joy. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. So I told this individual that called me. I said, I'm glad you didn't call. I'm glad you didn't write. But I'm telling you right now, I don't know any of those circumstances other than what you've told me. I'm not part of that. I said, but I'm telling you right now, because he had told me of the miracle that had happened in his life. And I said, I'm telling you right now, it's most likely that those miracles would not have happened without the trial that you went through. You see, you, we, we often talk about Joseph. Why don't you stand to your feet? We often talk about Joseph when we said uh, how a great individual that he was. And he, he prophesied and talked about the sun and the moon and the stars are going to bow down, and they did. But God had given Joseph some promises. But he, he needed to know that he could trust him. You see, God might allow you to go through some things to see if he can trust you. Amen. Joseph went to Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him and lied on him. Got him placed in prison. He was in prison not just for a weekend. He was there for ten long years. Told, uh, gave an explanation of a dream to two men said one of them you're going to be restored to your position the other guy i'm sorry but you're going to be hanged and he was and he was and then he said don't forget about me don't forget about me and it was some time later that pharaoh has a dream but doesn't know what it means tries to ask all the wise men the magicians and Egypt, they don't know. And the cupbearer says, I remember there was a day that you were angry with us and you threw us in jail. And I think I, I thought I was going to die. But you told me that uh, uh, this man told me that I was going to be restored. And it happened just like he said. They said, go get him. It was on that day that God knew that he could trust Joseph with the riches of the wealthiest country in the world. That he would not let this power go to his head you see because he had been through some things he had been through some things amen I'm preaching to you this morning some of you are going through some things just lift up your head hallelujah lift up your head Jesus Christ is wanting to heal you deliver you and set you free hallelujah would you just raise your hands to the Lord right now hallelujah if you feel his presence, would you like to come down to the altar and pray? Would you allow his presence to speak to your heart, to minister to your life right now? Thank you, Jesus. Would you come down to the altar and pray?